Here is up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Argini Kor, Aaron Gaitel Chases Minlam, Firkin Folcha, Arero of Iliog, Augusto, Ohasaram, Gavevan Mate, Jadinisir, Convedin, Tronona, Isnirin Avrasaramok, Tonkasulatarik, which you think went Chan of Osan Tronona, this Maragurt Banatis, come of Winamshire. May I say how welcome you all are? The garden party season, this is the final gathering of the 2019 series, but it's a very special time here in Oris and Uchtron when uh, Sabine and I have the opportunity of recognising and celebrating uh, the actions and the contributions of all of those who are keeping Irish society going, in its, particularly in its best aspects. So today, you're really, we have different themes in over the different seven garden parties. But, uh, for example, we're still recovering uh, from the last celebration of Irish music, which we had, which was something else the other night. But this afternoon, it's just a very, very special occasion when we're celebrating the contribution made by young Irish people to Irish society and anticipating the enormous changes that they will introduce to Irish society and indeed in the world. And I want to just so welcome the many people, young people from across Ireland and those who support young people and those who have been young and those who remain young <laughs> uh, who are willing to contribute in their unique ways to the crafting of a new and better Ireland. When, as I began the second term as Oris and Uchtron, at Oris and Uchtron, I announced three new special initiatives, Participation and Transformation, which is part of today's activity, Imagination in the Nation, and Shared Island, Shared Ireland, upon which we've had a number of meetings already from different people drawn from every part of the island of Ireland. But for today, I chose as today the theme of today's garden party, as I have said, participation and transformation. And we're recognising and celebrating the many people who are contributing and who have contributed to the promotion of the active participation of young people in Irish society, and thus helping to transform not only communities, but often their own lives and the manner in which they view the, the world. So Tahasaram Fitkin Folcha Araro Vilukansha, Folcha Special, the Rev Lokta Intus Namaklin and Erin, Martha Shiatsan, a Kelura three score blin a cohus a gobras and kartanamaklin, Agastrishin, Agastrishin, if you like, Lass and Fobber. Farin Folcha Special to Kama, Rev Wilogamakran, a Firmato Kelura, Kuig blin a shakto, on Agrius, a Sanagriot Timlina. So far, J. Kelly, Grave Builders, Nehagrishin, Augustin Horire, Grave Gokden at Tronona. May I, I'm absolutely delighted for those of you who are not using the Irish language every hour and every day, as it has been recommended by several presidents. I'm delighted to welcome so many of you, and I particularly welcome the members of the Union of Students in Ireland as you celebrate your 60 years of defending and lobbying for student rights, and indeed, not only student rights, but through student rights, the rights of citizens in Ireland, and young members of Mokra and Affirma, and those who work with them, whose organisation 
marks this year its 75th anniversary. So you and all those who have travelled here, as I have just said, are most welcome. When during that last seven years, I remember the very beginning of it, as one does, as one migrates with one's books, I found myself referring regularly uh, to Raymond Williams, and particularly the last sentence I remember, his last piece of advice he gave in his very last paper in Glasgow on the role of the media and society, be the arrow, not the target. And it's something I found myself repeating in a number of speeches because I had ran a consultation with young people on being young and Irish. I was very, very conscious of the huge forces of advertising, even in the music industry, that were directed at young people. And I was saying to them, in order to maintain a creative space, a sense of autonomy, you must take, maybe take cognizance of Raymond Williams' last piece of advice to us, be the arrow, not the target. And I've decided to repeat that today to some extent, because if, in fact... Uh, uh, when what you share, however you share, uh, what are young people? You, do you see, I'm sure none of you see yourselves as just a large uh, aggregated uh, collect, uh, collectivity of consum consumer power, which is one rather miserable and immiserated existence, although it is necessary to consume and sometimes with joy. But it has to be a bit more, more than that. And I see the young people who are gathered here this afternoon and those they represent as agents of change, and agents of change that are crucial in standing up for and removing those obstacles of what is necessary to, to be born, what is necessary to replace that what is failing, and particularly what is waiting to be born as the whole world gasps in its own way for it, is a whole new combination of thinking that will combine ecology, economy, ethics, gender, and cultural diversity. And I think in doing that, as the rain falls, I shall sure that all your people, you must invite the members of other your generations to be your allies in seeking this emancipation, in the living of life and not in its consumption. And as I was preparing the, the speech, mostly of which I will stick to, I said, <coughs> I thought of some time in the past, a long, long time ago, when I was at UCG, of that magnificent poem of William Wordsworth's. I think it's in the prelude, when he says, Bliss it was in that dawn to be alive, but to be young was very heaven. And that is very important. So today, in this final of the series of Garden Parties 2019, we're acknowledging in a special way the value, energy, creativity and enthusiasm that young people have brought and can bring to the transformation of Ireland, using the energy of youth to be an active citizen rather than a passive consumer, is a theme that I know uh, I have actually emphasised again and again. And I repeat it to suggest that the time has come, the difference between the first term and this term, the time has come to take these sentiments and turn them into action. For your generation is the most interconnected generation in history, and it's a generation that continues uh, to grow rapidly. And it has the capacity to communicate beyond borders, and even more importantly, it has the capacity to care beyond borders. 
Indeed, the United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs has told us that by 2050, the continent of Africa will contain 2.5 billion people, one billion of whom will be young people. By mid-century then, Africa will be the continent of the young, and our planet will be a shared planet of the young. And we must ask ourselves the question as we look at this disposal of human life on the planet, with what impertinence it would be to suggest that the models that have failed us in relation to the destruction of the environment, failed in relation to global inequality, have achieved much, but at the same time have failed so significantly, would be anything like the appropriate instruments to address to such a continent in the future. I think there's Mokran and Fermer here. It is a, a truism, it is a truth that they know that you do not continue to deplete the soil with practices that maybe have been of once use to you, but which have become destructive because of your repeated insistence on continuing with them in inappropriate conditions. And that is the story of our planet. And it is not an intellectual conceit to say that we need a new symmetry of nature and the Anthropocene. It is also the challenge to our economics that we must break away from what is destructive, and your generation can give a lead in doing so. You must insist on the critical space to put your questions. For here in Ireland, it is often said, you know, that one of our greatest assets and sources of hope is that approximately 40% of our population is under 30, one of the youngest populations in the world. But the greatest version of that, however, is when that great human resource becomes fully conscious of what is important to value in life, what is beautiful and what is vulnerable, and what is joyous and what should be shared because it is such. And younger citizens in Ireland are increasingly important drivers of change and the empowerment of young people through the acquiring of skills and the critical awareness to recognise both opportunity that exists and also full of consciousness of what is vulnerable. There is a responsibility and a joy to have the opportunities you have to positively impact not only on one's own life, but on the lives of others, organisations and communities. And it is an important challenge, but one I know that you will continue to meet with a sense of enthusiasm underlain by an enormous sense of social and environmental responsibility. My generation, in a way, a great deal of the brightest people, decided that they would, in fact, actually be, be satisfied with irony before they collapsed into cynicism. I, factually, it wouldn't work. The fact is there are also brave and wonderful people who are minority vices, whom I think we continue to receive. But now it must become the majority consciousness to want to break away into these new connections that I speak of. For in addition to the intrinsic value of Ireland having such an active generation, their ability to contribute within a caring, generous, intergenerational dialogue, that's what makes it all the more valuable. And there can be no doubting that the challenges and the opportunities that you and your generation face, both at home and at global level, are as exciting as they are daunting. It is you who can achieve, as I said, the ethical globalisation that we so urgently need. 
the making, if you like, of connection, that the undoing, if you like, of all the unaccountabilities, the absence of accountabilities of corporations. I think the move to an ecological social model of political economy that acknowledges the finite nature of the Earth's resources, the role that rich nations like ours have played in depleting those resources and contributing to the climate crisis that we now face. And this move to the better symmetry, I suggest, between ethics, ecology and economics is now more urgent if we are to create a sustainable, inclusive and cohesive society. And I repeat again, it is one of the most dangerous myths of our times that our circumstances are so complex that they can only be understood by a rather small group of experts who in turn are locked into a very single paradigm of the connection between economy and society and cultures. But I think in all of it we must remember that we are citizens of a wider global community and we have been given instruments for which we have the responsibility to implement. We collectively agreed to do all we can, for example, in relation to in 2015, when the international community set out a clear and widely agreed roadmap detailing what it takes to meet our global challenges. We collectively agreed to do what we can to attain 17 goals for a better world. For by the year 2030, we must have achieved those sustainable development goals and we have a historic opportunity and indeed duty to lay the foundations of a new model for human flourishing and social harmony, an opportunity in which you will play a critical and central role. But I suggest maybe the biggest challenge is in seeking to restore trust because there is a great danger in making rhetorical and aspirational statements that you haven't, in fact, the commitment to deliver in a timescale. And the loss of trust is something that we all have to work for now to try and get people to see, if you like, how things can be put into place, even if it is through the accretion of a set of small steps. At this point, I want to acknowledge then the support and innovation that both the Union of Students in Ireland, Governor Machlin and Erin, and Machrana Ferma have brought to these great challenges that we face in protecting our fragile planet for our own and future generations. There's such reassuring evidence on this island of a real will among young citizens to achieve equality and to become... That came out always in the top three when I had the consultation seven years ago, to become consciously involved in directing change, both at home and across our wider global society. And climate change is without any doubt... This rain came deliberately by my arrangement to remind us of that. The greatest existential threat facing humankind. And every one of us can play our part in responding to the crisis, I said, by even the smallest actions that are added together. But we must do so urgently for the window of opportunity to respond to the climate crisis is fast closing. And failure to act decisively now and over the coming decade will condemn our generation to catastrophic and irreversible climate catastrophes. And therefore, as President of Ireland, I was heartened to see the activism of young people in this domain of public policy, how so many of you have been leading the way and seizing the opportunity to speak of the urgency and seriousness of the challenge that, in fact, where you felt other generations were going too slow. 
the climate strikes by school pupils earlier this year, during which more than 11,000 young citizens marched on the Holeren, seeking urgent action to address the growing threat of climate breakdown, was truly inspiring as an indication of consciousness and activism. A total of 37 rallies were staged around the country in solidarity with the global movement prompted by the Swedish teenager Greta Thunberg. Their awareness impressed other generations. They were supported by parents, teachers, third-level students, NGOs and members of the public. In addition, numerous schools, especially primary schools, staged other climate events on their own premises. Youth climate strikes were held in 105 countries, in excess of 2,000 events attended by tens of thousands of young people. And this was so greatly inspiring, as was the second day of protest, where thousands of young Irish students calling on the government to back its demands on addressing the climate crisis facing the planet. The level of environmental and climate awareness, the social consciousness that is so palpable among the young people of today, And as I've said, they are not saying this is all beyond us. That would have been one of the great dangers. They're saying, yes, in fact, we can influence the changes. And it is, I suggest, a great source of optimism in the struggle to mitigate climate change. And some of you are here who might have had the great joy and benefit of having lectures from myself when I was a third-level teacher. What I want to say... There's, as a former teacher at third level, and, and, uh, to, and to those of you who have influence on those institutions to which many of these students who were demonstrating, these secondary students, will move, I do ask on their behalf, and I ask on your behalf, that they have access to a curriculum and teaching that is interdisciplinary and responsible. And that allows them, for example, in the social sciences, to at least have a pluralist access, a pluralist curriculum, and that they be equipped for the crisis that we're in, rather than being limited to preparation for what is narrowly useful in the short term, but singularly insufficient for life and society. I think that the lean of neo-utilitarianism, both overt and covert, on our learning institutions is already showing in the quality of the scholarship showing in the stress that is within the teaching community, and showing, I believe myself, in the policy outcomes to which many of the people who are graduates are migrating. I think that this is very, very serious, and I think that we can't be, I think, if you like, I put it simply, I think that good scholarship is under siege in many of the institutions. And I grieve for it because I think, and I hope, therefore, it's very, very interesting that some people here, not far short of my own age, who remember, is that when the students demonstrated in Paris in 1968 to change the world, isn't it very, very interesting that 50 years afterwards there were demonstrations in Cambridge and in the Sorbonne and elsewhere to simply be allowed to teach pluralist economics? That tells its own story of the way in which, if you like, you can lose the capacity to live critically in your life. Then, finally, community-based initiatives for young people have never been stronger in terms of voluntary activity and citizen participation. It's like, Obergajonach, Lawrence, Lee, Schachten and Ich Schachten. 
Many people are determined to craft a better version of Irishness than the acquisitive individualism that drove the worst aspects of the Celtic tiger. Now it's fashionable to presume that it was all your neighbours that were involved in it, but not yourself. In pursuing a new paradigm of science, ethics, policy and practice, people are drawing on ethical values that are being forged by talented and energetic people of all generations in order to build a true republic one founded on the values of fairness and equity and participation. And theirs is a vision of an island, as I said. One island, one island, an island in which we can all be proud. Shared island, I said, shared island. Theirs is a vision of a public world that offers so much more than a life of privatised, if you like, immiserated survival in isolation. And today I want to recognise and acknowledge the dedication and commitment then of all those who volunteer so often in the very many youth-related non-governmental organisations and initiatives which, which contribute so much to Irish society. And it gives me the greatest pleasure to say I, I recognise and pay tribute to all those who work for the state because of one thing I am convinced, the response to climate change, to sustainability, to the new balances that I'm speaking about, will be state-led. And the discourse in the next three or four, not to speak, in the next decade, will be one in which people will once again see the role of the responsible state, the joy of working for the state, the respect that is due to those who work for the state, and the entrepreneurial state that will give us a version of sustainable economy. Many of you are here today, and I want to take the opportunity to thank you all for whatever contribution you are making and the spirit of humanity which is involved in it. So, Marshin, Dinamit Kilura, Arandulu Bwint, Tavartakas Inspiradul, Tarbwint, Lenardini Oganerin, Atagaba, Kuririnis Far Kroho, Pablo Tusnar Kroho, Axas Minlam Guhus Gwaliv Gilir, Asar Guddin Ibra Mor Krik Marseronic. Egabar la fiasa kara seltar saronega sakahorehe kasmuintanetirisha. Agas konoran forta kasan esa oiganar bubble of forbert. Marasoldun gan pobit etchikule. Nifederlin soki etchikula krohu. Today, then, let us celebrate the involvement of all of our young people in the making of a new and better island. And I congratulate and commend all of you for the efforts that you generously and unstintingly are putting into your role as citizens for working so hard to improve the life of all of our citizens and particularly those most vulnerable, improving youth participation in communities, recognising that without ethical, ethical communities there will not be an ethical society. And I conclude by thanking all those who have worked so hard on behalf of Oris and Uktron to make this a wonderful occasion for you. Many of them are here with a series of garden parties once again, we're in, in, in they make it, they not only do it, you see, people would say that we're very efficient. That would never be sufficient. What is in fact is the word sufficient. People do it with grace and with pleasure and with joy, and I get hundreds of letters, and I thank them for that. Nothing happens without an effort. There's one person, for example, this for whom this would be their final garden party, and that's Bridgene Kelly, facilities manager of OPW, who has been of such great help to us here in the ORS. It's her final party. <laughs> And I think I want to thank the entertainers. 
David O'Connor, the Mullingar Band, Colm O'Harragon, the Atkinson family, Jimmy Higgins, the Jazz Choir, Los Patties, Frankie MacDonald and friends, the wonderful Jack L, and of course, extend a big thank you to MC Deirdre O'Kay. But also thanks, too, to those who help us send out all the invitations, and our friends in John O'Gott's, the Gothis, Civil Defence Colleagues, the Transport Museum, Helinda's Jim Larkin's tram, and an ancient bus, reminding us that public transport is important and always was. But then in addition to that, uh, I also want to thank those of our civil defence colleagues and the tour guides. Nadine Galeri, a Kauriglan on Okotsha, a Agru. I want to thank, particularly because this is the final one as well, we are noted for the quality of the sound available to our entertainers and performers. And that is entirely due to D. Rogers over here now, who will take a bow over there. Definitely. And his hard-working crew. And then I want to say, as I said, I have thanked all our staff here at the Oris, and especially to the OPW and the household team, and those who work in my own office as well, endlessly. And I thank also, as well as that, uh, all of you for coming along. I'm so pleased that you've all been able to enjoy us. So let us look forward to moments of emancipation as everything has changed, changed utterly. Do you know what it is? I think that when I think... <laughs> do you know what it is? I was just looking at... Let's remember poor old William Wordsworth. Bliss it was in that dawn to be alive... But to be young was very heaven. Isn't that great? (laughs) 